horror fam, best friends and ghoulish nights, and welcome to the 28th episode of Murders with Mertens. I am your host, Joe, and this is a podcast about horror, super meta slashers, dark comedies, body horror, the horror adjacent, thrillers, the psychologically terrifying, scary films in general. Each episode, I sit down with a guest and discuss one of their favorite scary films so we can gush about everything that makes it just so damned cool. Viewers! Thank you for the support. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe if you are so inclined. It all helps to get the word out and bring some much-needed love to this little podcast. Audio listeners, uh, the show is also available on podcast services around the world, like Apple Podcasts and Spotify, so don't forget to leave a rating when you stop by. But enough about all that housekeeping. Uh, we need to continue on with this series themed around Scream because we barely have any time left before Scream 6. And to that end, I have the privilege of welcoming back to Murders with Mertens, Mr. Too Feist, Too Furious himself, Mr. Andrew Feisner. Drew, Hello, how the hell are you? I'm doing well. I'm hoping you're doing well as well. I am very happy to get out of work today and be doing this. This is going to yes. be fun. Uh, tonight's topic is 2022 Scream, also known to some as Five Cream, sometimes Scream, sometimes just Scream Five. But uh, this is directed by Radio Silence, specifically Matt uh, Bettinelli, Open, and Tyler Gillette, and written by James Vanderbilt and Guy Busick, and of course, based on characters uh, by Kevin Williamson. Drew, I know this only released 14 months ago, but uh, any specific history with this film? Uh, this was the first one I got to see in theaters, so that was pretty exciting because like, nice. I got into them in the, at the end of 2021, like in that fall time. And then um, like the day before I went to see it, uh, I was in a patron discord that was doing um, like a Patreon thing. I'm not mm -hmm. I am the patron words, um, but they were doing a binge of one through four. And so the, I joined them. And then the next day I went to see five and that was a lot of fun. Because, yeah, I just I really like these movies and it's really hard for me to just watch one of them out of order without watching any of the subsequent ones. Seriously, watching them in quick succession is um, is a ton of fun. Uh, for sure. Yep. Um, yeah, not a lot to say as far as history myself. Uh, again, this movie is barely over a year old. Wow. Did they fast track this sequel? It's the only thing that I'm worried about with it, uh, that it was, uh, put together possibly a little too quickly. Um, but, uh, you know, we'll, we'll find out shortly. It's a matter of days at this point. Um, yeah, uh, this been scream too, got yeah, um, that's true. That's, um, I think I have a little bit better appreciation for that film now, but it still ranks at the bottom of my ranking. Uh, for me, it's, um, it's the original, then scream four with possibly scream five tied with it. I still don't know how I feel about those two uh, versus each other. And then number three and number two at the bottom. Uh, two has some stuff in it that does not age particularly well. Um, and three, I think, just is elevated a little bit for me just because the campiness of it is a ton of fun. 
And uh, from what I've been hearing from people that were able to see Scream 6 early, uh, the campiness is ramped up just a little bit. So we may be in for a good time. That's good. I, I like it when they're fun. I don't particularly enjoy it when it's always serious. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, they kind of are horror comedies, you know, at least a little bit, um, you know, not full tilt, like a Shaun of the dead or anything like that. But, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. The, the, the humor is an important part for sure. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm super geeked. Uh, we were talking, uh, as we were getting things set up about how, um, again, getting fast tracked, like it was, a little worried um but uh radio silence in general they they don't seem to miss as far as their direction in feature films i know they've only got really two full ones under their belt uh it's the same writing team as the previous one so that's you know good news um yeah we'll, we'll find out very soon um yeah no sydney so they can I, just rely on her to you know, carry the movie. Although to be fair, she was not in much of the last one. So no, maybe I'm not so super worried about that. I'll miss her for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, she's always been such a fun character and Nev Campbell really killed it in the last two. Um, yeah. So yeah, I'm sad, but also, you know, hopefully if this continues on, they understand that they need to, they need to pay up. Um, yeah, I, I think that's earned. So good for her for sticking to her guns on that. Um, I, I think yeah. that's, that's, that's important. And, um, yeah, yeah, well, we'll see. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, we got two seasons of a show called scream. It doesn't have to deal with Ghostface, but it's still, I think it works pretty well without Sydney because obviously it's not Ghostface, but I think yeah. it works pretty well. So maybe this can show that we can we can leave Sydney to ride off into the sunset with Kincaid and right. just you know, right, relying on her to always clean up the messes of well, Ghostface. You know, like we were talking about in the Discord, that's on Netflix, so you know you can check it out there. Um, I don't watch season three. That's what everybody tells me. So maybe at some point I will jump in and then get my heart broken by season three because I won't be able to stop myself. But, um, (laughs) you know, we'll uh, maybe watch it first. uh, Wow. I was like, I'll watch scream. And then it was like season three, episode one was like, no, 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 no. And then I was just like, well, I started it. It's short. I'll just watch it. Hmm. Wow, that, that that sounds depressing. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll 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 see how it goes. Um, so, Drew, I think it's time we get into the plot here. Uh, we begin with the sound of a ringing landline that a teenage girl promptly silences as she goes about uh, texting her friend Amber, telling her there's foods and uh, shows to binge watch in it for her if she wants to come over. Amber wants more. So this girl offers the promise of an unlocked liquor cabinet as well. Uh, She takes a blast from her inhaler and the landline starts ringing again. She gripes about it to Amber in a text and then finally picks up the phone. Because you got to pick up the phone in these movies or else there's not much of a plot. Uh, The voice asks. Ringing. 
Yeah, and it would just get really annoying and weird. Um, so, yes, she picks up the phone finally, and the voice uh, asks if uh, Christina's there. And the girl offers to take a message because, no, she's not. And, um, well, the voice uh, says he's a friend of hers from group and then swears, realizing that he just outed uh, Christina. Uh, tells her just to tell Christina that Charlie from group called. Um, it's a little bit different this time around. Ghostface is, you know, playing Something pretty friendly. Yeah. He's, uh, kind of playing more of a character almost. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's, it's different and, uh, that's cool. Cause that's kind of the whole point of this film. Um, yeah. So yes, the girl. You just different enough. Absolutely. Uh, the girl needles him, uh, trying to get him to give up what kind of group it is that his mother is in with him. Uh, and he tells her that she sounds just like her mother described her. Um, yes, this girl, she, uh, talks about me in group. You know, she's clearly grossed out by the idea. Um, the voice mentions that she told him uh, she loves scary movies and that her mother is proud that she made her a f- you know, made a fan out of her. Um, and uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, her mother wonders, what's her favorite scary movie? Yeah, yeah. Let's fucking go because we got to have the question, right? Yep, it always starts with the question. Yep, this is one that will always come up. And, you know, thinking of nothing of it and not remembering much of the Stab movies, uh, she says The Babadook. And, you know, she brings up her love of elevated horror. Uh, and the voice says what a lot of us say when uh, people bring up elevated horror. Uh, what does that mean, elevated horror? Uh, and she goes on to describe never, you know, nearly every horror film, you know, sadly, because what people think of as elevated horror, uh, you can basically call out in most horror movies, unless they're just absolute shit. Uh, most horror films actually have something to say. Um, you know, people yeah, think just yeah. right It also like, Kind of makes fun of people who do say things like that too. Oh yeah, yeah. That's a lot uh, of people miss that, but that, that's exactly what they're doing here. Yep, yep. Uh, it's uh, quite a bit of uh, topic of conversation in the horror community over the past, you know, I don't know, maybe better part of ten years. It feels like over, you know, elevated horror films because they're a twenty four pieces, and a twenty four mostly cranks out indie films, and uh, you know. Um, I, I get it. I get you think that it's more than what it is, but most horror films are some kind of commentary on something to begin with. So, yeah, unless it sucks, like unless it's absolute dog shit. Yes, absolutely. Um, those have their place as well, but for the most part, yeah, most horror has something to say. Um, so yeah, what she describes is basically every horror film ever, and that sounds boring to Ghostface. So he asks if she's ever seen Stab. Um, she ponders a bit, and then she thinks, yeah, maybe she did at a sleepover when she was a kid. Um, 
but doesn't really remember it very well. Other than it was super nineties and it was really overlit and everybody had weird hair. Um, yeah, thanks. Thanks for that. Uh, <laughs> uh, and then, um, in describing the beginning of stab, he's beginning to describe her situation that she's in. The movie begins with a girl who's alone in a house and she gets a phone call from somebody who wants to play a game with her. And he asks, would you like to play a game? Tara. Yeah, here we go. Because ultimately we know that Ghostface knows exactly who he's talking to and who he's stalking through the phone. And it's really subtle, but you can tell that she is immediately terrified by it. Like, oh, she freezes up big time. Yeah. Yeah. I guess it's not really subtle, but you can just immediately yeah. tell she's like completely terrified. Jenna Ortega and, is a yeah. great fucking actress. I'll tell you, she's uh, she had a wonderful year in 2022 and she will <laughs> continue to do some cool stuff. And I hope she gets to do more horror films as well, because I think uh the, the the spoopy stuff is kind of her shtick. Uh, so Tara immediately hangs up the phone, kind of freezes, and then uses this uh, app on her phone, one of those you know kind of like home automation type things, you know, your generic Alexa or whatever, to um, ultimately uh, make sure that all the uh, doors in the house are locked. And uh, she texts Amber about what's happening. She's kind of peeking outside and then closes the drapes a little bit and gets immediately spooked by the ringing landline. Um, and then gets a text from Amber telling her to answer the phone. Okay. She's like, how'd you know my landline was ringing Amber? And you get the three dots, of course. And this is uh, it Amber. Yep. Exactly. And there's a little bit of a dolly zoom into uh, Amber's or uh, Tara's face at this point. Uh, God, I, you don't see those quite as much anymore because, you know, they got overused quite a bit over the years, but it's, it's a Thank fun you, little, Spielberg. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's still fun. I, I love a good dolly zoom. Um, and uh, we get a text back saying, answer the phone, bitch. And Tara almost dials uh, 911. And then she gets another text saying, answer the phone or Amber dies. Um, she's like, I, I, this isn't fucking funny, Amber. Another text back. I told you this isn't Amber. And then Ghostface texts her a video from outside Amber's bedroom. How so. you would text a live stream like that? Who knows? But obviously, yeah. it's not a live stream. No, and I'm pretty sure it kind was a stretch. Yeah, I think it was just a video file, but it's of Amber like it brushing was. her hair and getting ready to come on over to her house or whatever. This has been staged to death, but uh, yeah, we won't get into that part quite yet. Um, nope. So Ghostface wants to play a game, stab movie trivia. And Tara's freaked out because ultimately, you know, this, these movies aren't really her thing. She barely remembers them, but he just jumps right in. Uh, what Woodsboro native was introduced as the franchise's main character. She thinks for a minute and she's like, Sidney Prescott. And he's like, 
Great. Let's move on to question one, because this is also part of Ghostface's shtick always, right? He's got to do that warm-up question that doesn't count, even though the person's absolutely terrified. Mm -hmm. Yep, always giving back on a promise, never actually. Yep, or just uh, having to be, you know overly pedantic as far as, you know, what the question was or what the answer might be. Um, so yes, he's like, Hey, that doesn't count because anyone can answer that question. Um, so the real first question then is, um, who wrote the original book that stab movies are based on? And she's like that chick from TV. And (laughs) It's, it's good. Uh, it's like, yep. that's not going to cut it. And she thinks for a moment and blurts out, okay, it's Gail Weathers. All right, great, great. See, you're, you're good at this. Um, moves on to the next question. Uh, who played the first victim in stab? Okay. Tara's got to look this up this time, but of course it's Heather Graham. We all remember from scream Two that introduced yep. the, Robert Rodriguez directed stab. Um, and nice yeah. show Alicia Silverstone as Tatum. And I think there was another, I think it was, uh, it wasn't Luke Wilson. He was Billy. It was Vince Vaughn as Stu. It's really quick, but they showed that on there too. That sounds about right. Yep. Um, so yes. Um, she gets that one correct as well. Amber might still have a chance. Now here's the final question. Who was the killer in stab one? She answers a little too quick though. And she's so proud of herself that of course it's Billy Loomis and she got him. She got him, but Nope. Wrong answer. Afraid there were two killers. It was Billy Loomis and Stu mocker. Well, Amber has to die now. Yep. That's the teacher thing. You only got it half right. You were right, but only halfway. Yep, exactly. Um, So Tara grabs a knife and charges for the door in this misguided attempt to go and save Amber, right? But when she rips the door open, there's Ghostface standing there at the door, and he slashes her stomach with a knife. And... you got to give Tara some props in this film because she gives as good as she gets as much as she possibly can. She punches him in the head and then forces him back out and manages to get the door locked and back away. Um, And she's rightfully so completely freaked out in this scene. She uses the app on the phone to arm the security system and trigger a call to the police. And, uh, picks up the knife on the floor and uh, yells at Ghostface that the police are on their way. And then the security system disarms itself. And we, we get the fun little bit of, um, you know, the voice through, you know, whatever type of thing, whether that's uh, an Amazon echo or, you know, Google home or, you know, a uh, home pod for Apple, you know, whatever the whole thing armed. is. It's armed. Yeah. Armed. The it's back armed. and forth. Armed. It's, mm-hmm. it, it was pretty terrifying, like seeing that. It's like, oh, yeah. And you get okay, the yeah, this... close ups of the lock, you know, uh, firing the deadbolt firing back and forth. Um, yeah. It's good. Even when people try to find ways to be safe in Wordsboro, it still is not enough to stop a ghost face killer. Yeah, Which I absolutely. think is really cool that they're like, 
Ghostface still evolves with the time, you know, and like, um, even if people probably were like, hey, we're armed to the teeth here. We got we got guns. We know how to use them. We'll stop a ghost face. But even then, there's still a bullet vest that he wears. And mm-hmm. who knows how well of a name people are? Because, I mean, we've seen we've seen how Dewey shoots before. Yeah. It's, it's, and it's like he's not a good shot. No. No. Um, and and that's a small target, especially yeah. from however far away. Yeah, and and again, it's I, I keep saying it over and over, but these films are such such perfect little uh, you know encapsulations of technology at the time the movie came out, and it's usually worked into the plot somehow, and just all the different little apps that are used in this film, um, it's yeah, it's perfect because this would not have been a big thing back uh, when scream four came out the, you would have seen like the bare beginnings of this kind of stuff, but it wouldn't have been prevalent enough for it to be a thing. That movie was about, you know, internet fame and uh, you know, the rise of vloggers and so on, which would have been a much bigger deal back then. Um, but yeah, it came like maybe two years ahead of its time before people really started looking at that. Yep, and that may be of why uh, be a reason why my first watch of Scream Four didn't do a lot for me. But then, uh, you know, I found it a much more enjoyable film as uh, the years went on, and I did subsequent rewatches. Um, so yeah, uh, she's um, fighting with the app and everything else, and um, freaking the fuck out as you do in these situations, and. Um, continuing to back away and then the landline rings again causing her to scream uh it's just perfect Uh, the people that jump in these movies when the phone rings because it's just that terrifying at this point she answers it with a weak little hello and we get a bonus question tara do you think i made it inside your house before you were able to rearm and then he just pops out of the darkness behind her and grabs her, stabbing her in the gut. Uh, she gets another good shot into his head and he grabs her and just kind of throws her to the floor, stomping on her leg and breaking it. Um, it's so brutal. Oh yeah. Like, ghost face oh, yeah. is usually like, he'll do the stabs and the slashes real quick. Mm-hmm. But like, if and he wants usually to get more right like, away, um, it's happening. But yeah. yeah. And usually there's more like pratfalls and Ghostface being like super clumsy and everything. But mm-hmm. I feel like he's a little bit more together in this film. Um, yeah. 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 Um, so, yes, uh, breaks her leg. And um, uh, in defending herself, when she gets back on her back, uh, she takes a knife through her left hand. Uh, and, you know, shout out to the, uh, yeah, beginning of the use of, um, uh, CG knives, uh, in the previous yeah. film, because it really helps with making, you know, the, the stabs a little bit more believable, uh, cause you're yeah. not pulling your punches as much. Um, yeah. Uh, so yes, yeah, so she, roll. Oh God. Yeah. Uh, so she gets that she's screaming like crazy. Jenna Ortega has a great scream. Uh, she kicks him off and, uh, he kind of gets his bell run on the, uh, stone countertop. Um, and she's trying to crawl away and, um, 
you get that. Yeah. Yeah. You get the, the flashes of the lights from outside and you hear the sirens and everything. And he slowly rises up behind her. I think that's one of the trailer shots. And, uh, she's reaching for that exterior door as the sirens grow closer and he is closing in on her slowly from behind. And then he drags her back, stabbing her twice in the back and then flipping her over to deliver a killing blow. And we get the title card. Yeah. So good. Yeah. It's, uh, the openings in these films are in general, pretty damn good, but this is just such a fun, uh, jump back into this series. I, I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we cut to Modesto, um, which is, uh, yeah, in sort of Northern California. I think it's, uh, fairly level with, uh, SF, right. Um, but, uh, yeah, we've got, uh, Sam chasing some pills with an energy drink outside her job at a bowling alley. And then her boyfriend, Richie comes into the shot there, checking in on her. You know, when he asks her how she's doing, her reaction just kind of speaks volumes. Um, <laughs> she's, seems like somebody who's very tired of that kind of question. And it I don't feels- think I n- noticed that until this yeah. viewing. If it it reads way different, like have, like out like on a second view, once you like know like all the twists and turns, and I I really like how these movies do that. Like mm-hmm. you watch it the first time, you don't know anything, and so like everything reads one way. Yeah. But then as soon as you know the twists, the turns, who the killers are, the motives, and everything, and then all of a sudden it reads in a way different way. And then you just can't unsee it. Yep. Yeah. It's very rewarding for repeat viewing for sure. Um, yeah, it's good stuff. Um, and of course, Richie is played by, uh, uh, Jack Quaid. Uh, he's God, he's had a good several years as well. Um, Mm -hmm. God, he is his parents' son. He's going to do so well in the future. Uh, not that he isn't already, but yeah, he's going to do really well. Um, so then, you know, they do their little flirtatious thing and then, you know, they're just kind of hanging out out there. And then she gets a call and a text, uh, from Wes Hicks back in Woodsboro. And she calls him back and finds out that her sister was attacked, but alive. And, um, then the bomb is dropped that it's someone in a ghost face mask. Yeah. And Ooh, this has to hit particularly hard for anybody that's lived through any of this stuff in this town. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's on her way back and Richie's coming with. And um, I guess in I'm this sure film, a lot of people and then like in Woodsboro don't think it's going to happen to them because they're like, yeah, it's the Prescott girl. It's the Loomis people. It's the mockers. Yeah. You know, it's all these people that it's always happens <laughs> to them and never to yeah. us. And so, we just need to leave them alone and we'll be fine. But now that it's them, it's, it feels different. Yep. Yep. And, uh, Ooh, there's reasons for all this stuff, but we'll get into that eventually. Uh, and then we cut back to Woodsboro and I guess they're back to canceling school in this film because I feel like it took forever for them to do anything like that in scream four. They just kept everything going, but in this one, no, there's announcements that classes are canceled for the following day because of, you know, what happened. 
and um, we're introduced to People Wes. All the time in Woodsboro. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's a regular thing, I guess. But uh, we're introduced to Wes, Amber, Mindy, and Chad, uh, the twins, uh, and uh, Chad's girlfriend, Liv. They're outside the school as they speculate about who would want to hurt Tara and uh, what they should do to protect themselves. Um, and you know, they're, um, kind of digging on uh, Wes a little bit because some, he's somebody who has an obvious crush on Tara and, you know, he's the odd one out a little bit cause his mom's the, uh, sheriff the Judy, sheriff, yeah. uh, wonderful to see her back in this film. Um, yeah. and then we see off in the distance lives X Vince he shows up and he's this creeper who of course drives, you know, a classic muscle car and is all crazy tatted up and looks, you know, pretty super greasy. greasy. Yeah. That's exactly how I was going to describe him. Greasy. Um, yeah. And it's kind of weird that he shows up like just out of the blue. It, I know yeah. it's like to set him up as like a possible suspect, but it just which is something like, that these films do really well. Still, you know, you do. always have to have your tons of red herrings. Um, but it feels out of place right away. Almost. Yeah, uh, this dude, um, he he was in um, also last the Nightmare year's. on Elm Street remake. Oh, I was going to say Smile. Um, oh, he's really, yeah. It, once you see that you'll like his character, he plays a, a cop that's, uh, uh, got, um, a, a connection to the main character. Uh, and he does a really good job in that one. I want to see this actor go on, to do other cool stuff too. Um, but yeah, um, that nightmare on Elm street remake is something that I've avoided and, um, uh, I guess most people have told me for good reason. Um, I don't know. Well, How do you, too. Yeah. I, I, I have no desire to watch that unless, unless I need to, for one reason or another, maybe I'll have a super fan on the show. Who knows? Yeah. Um, so yes, uh, Wes gets a text from Tara that she's awake and then they all peel off to go to the hospital and visit except for Liv. Who's got, some reason or another to not again with the red herring stuff. Um, and then we cut to Richie and Sam as they approach town and they talk about how he's never seen stab and how that's weird. Um, and he's seen Friday the 13th and Halloween. Apparently. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And, uh, you know, she admits, uh, okay, the movie's a little bit like Halloween and, uh, he goes on about how, you know, that Jason guy's got some pretty solid ideas, you know, joking about the killers from, uh, you know, these movies being something of like a Hitler to some people as far as how they get radicalized and uh, they go on to kill, uh, you know, like some assholes do uh, certain things in this country. Uh, they uh, arrive at Tara's hospital yeah. room and uh, while things seem a little tense between the kids and Sam, uh, Tara seems pretty glad that she came and, um, Amber kicks everybody out. So Tara and Sam can talk alone. And that's where Tara finally breaks down here. Cause she's pretty put together through all of this. Um, but, yeah. uh, yeah, she's been through a lot, so I don't blame her. Um, and we it's cut really to the kids. Cool they did the 
like the opening kill scene, but they mm-hmm. don't actually kill the opening girl. And I think that I think that was something really cool that they did with this movie. Yeah, yeah, which absolutely. Um, again, just different enough. Um, yep. And yeah, you don't want the film to be radically, radically different where it doesn't feel like this is a scream, but, uh, yeah, I like what they've done as well. Um, and yeah, apparently when the kids bugged out so that they can talk, they just went to the bar (laughs) because that's where they're at. Yeah. That's where they're at. Yeah. Not like there's anywhere else they're really going to go, I guess. I guess not. Um, you think Everyone they would just each other. Yeah. Yeah. You think they would just go to one of their houses and, um, you know, do whatever, you know, the youths do these days as it is, but no, they go to the bar where, you know, they clearly have soft drinks, but are passing around a flask to doc to doctor them up. Um, I never noticed that the first time I saw it. I did catch that this last time though. Yeah. Same. Um, I was just noticing them, you know, shooting the shit and doing the speculating that kids tend to do in these films. Um, so yeah, this is where they kind of explain Sam's backstory to live because she wasn't really hip to what went on. Um, Sam had a major personality shift when she was 13 and then left town at 18 and you know then they're kind of joking about possible motives to attack tara and how most of them are honestly suspects um and then liv's creepy ex shows up again and this time he actually approaches them and when chad you know is like enough of this his shit. woman's honor yeah 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 because of course he's got to do that uh this is where uh the creepy ex pulls a knife on him and the bartender just kicks him out and then kicks the rest of them out. Yep. Um, yeah. In the original script, Dewey was there too. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. There was going to be this intro scene for him. And I think they had another one that was what they went with, but yeah, he was going to be there too. And then they didn't do that. Interesting. And the, uh, Tara and Amber were girlfriends in the original script too, I think. Okay. So. Well, they still play with some of that kind of stuff later on with other characters. So yeah, whatever. Um, I think it all, pardon me, all kind of works out regardless. Um, so then we cut to Vince pissing on the exterior wall of the bar in the parking lot and kind of muttering to himself about fuck this bar and blah, blah, blah. And red, right hand. Yeah, we do. Because that was missing in the previous film. And it made me sad. Uh, somebody starts up his car and of course it's bumping red, right hand. And, um, he's kind of blinded by his own headlights here. And he thinks it's Chad fucking with him. Um, and his engine revs a little bit and he kind of makes his way to the car and nobody's there because of course, Uh, yeah, it looks like it was hot wired or something, which I'm not sure how they got away with with him just right over there pissing. But whatever, it's a movie. We'll, yeah, we'll, we'll roll with exactly. it. Exactly, movie logic. Um, so he kind of dips in and uh, reaches for his keys to turn off the engine, and the music stops. And when he stands up again, Ghostface is behind him, and he gives him a good quick stab in the neck. And 
with that, the music comes back for us instead of being that, uh, what is it? Uh, diegetic sound. sound. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a fun little touch. Um, and as he's dying there on the ground, um, in the headlights, Ghostface steps forward, cleaning his knife with the iconic gesture. Um, really cool shot too. Oh yeah. The headlights uh, and I stuff. feel like there was something kind of from the trailer that was cut here where you see the silhouette of Ghostface on the wall. Um, yeah. Seems odd to cut that because that was pretty dope, but, um, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's going to too quick to dispatch of a really good red herring like him, but yeah, it's, yeah, we, yeah. we need some actual kills in this film. Otherwise it's not yeah, really a scream. Uh, but with, uh, one of the final chimes of the song, we cut to, uh, Snam's napping awake next to Tara in the hospital room and Richie's off in the corner watching stab on Netflix because of course he is. He's, uh, you know, he, he wants to do his research so he doesn't end up dead. Right. Um, yeah. gotta be prepared. Like, a yeah, good you, you know it. Um, and Sam, uh, says she needs to go off and get something to eat. Um, and Richie has this knowing look on his face and I'm thinking it's okay. You need something to eat so that you can take your meds. Or something like that, because that's clearly what she's doing in the next uh, little shot here in the break room, taking some yeah, meds. I never caught that, but that's, that's a, really cool that he caught that he gives her that look. Yeah, yeah, he, he knows what's up, and uh, she's taking her pills and uh, taking a swig of water out of the tap in the break room, and um, when she uh, comes up again. Um, she sees this bloody Billy Loomis in the mirror, uh, standing behind her and asking her how she's doing. And this is clearly a regular thing for her because, uh, such a cool surprise to, to see. Oh yeah. I was not expecting this, seeing this film. I, I don't remember it from the trailer or anything. So it was a fun touch. Um, and he's like, hey, those antipsychotics aren't working so well for you, are they? And clearly not, because she's hallucinating about Billy. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's clear that's what she's taking. And uh, he's asking her when she's going to tell Tara why all this is really happening. And then snaps out of this reverie when her phone rings. And... Of course, it's Ghostface using a cloned phone of Amber's because we see on the caller ID, it says like uh, maybe Amber or possibly Amber or something like that. And you yeah. see this again and again throughout the film. And, and it's one of those movies where clearly they didn't have the budget for like uh, iOS or, you know, a typical yeah. Android phone because it looks fake as hell. And I, I get it. You got to cut costs where you can, but, uh, it's clearly a fake OS. Um, it's kind of, it's kind of odd looking, but I mean, Apple is kind of apparently stingy about like the bad guys are never allowed to be app openly using their products. I think. Oh, they so have to using, be Android users. Okay. Got it. Yep. Yeah. So being Android users really helps like throw the audience off. So they can't be like, Oh, they're in the clear. They're using Apple. Something Makes that uh, Brian Johnson points out with Knives Out. So. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Um, 
So Which we'll get to later. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um so they 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 talk a little bit and uh when she pushes back at him he reveals that he's been in waiting in this break room the whole time. He was behind the door. Um and they fight and uh she gets thrown on the ground. She uses a chair to defend herself. Eventually she just pushes a table at him and when she gets a clear window, she uh books it out of there to the nurse's nurse's station uh screaming for help. Um and Deputy Benson shows. Yeah, yeah. We cut to then uh, Sheriff Judy Hicks grilling them about what happened and revealing that uh, Vince was murdered. Um, and Richie and Amber kind of trade barbs uh, about, you know, what he was up to when all this was going down. And uh, he's like, I was watching Netflix. And it's a super lame alibi. Um and this is where um uh uh sam doesn't uh, they don't have a good relationship with the yeah yeah sam uh you know she asks about the protection for tara because she doesn't really think it's good enough and hicks is like yeah we gotta step outside and talk um and this is where uh, Sheriff Hicks reminds her about her wild days and brushes with the law and suggests that, hey, um, you get a good night's sleep and when morning comes, you get the fuck out of town. Um, and she bugs out. And when Sam pops up in the pops back into the room, uh, I love the line of, well, she remains a delight. That's good. <laughs> um Yep. Yeah, uh, I I love the actress that plays Sam in this. I there's I, I can see why some people may not like her performance, but I think she's it's got a good fun. energy for a scream movie. Yeah, yeah, I, I really enjoyed good her in, quite in a bit. the Heights too. Yeah, that's a movie that I never finished. Um, but I I, I liked her character well enough in that. Um. So uh, Sam wants to talk to Tara alone and uh, we get that lovely line from Amber. Uh, you telling Richie to get out of there. Come on, Netflix. She calls him. Um, and this is where Sam reveals the truth about why things went the way that they did uh, back when they were uh, teenagers and uh, how she broke apart their parents' marriage by uh, screaming about her mom when she found out that Billy was her father and uh, how her dad was standing behind her when all of this went down and she basically blames herself for breaking up her parents' marriage. And then she turned to all sorts of drugs and booze and shit and was a wild child and finally just had to get out of there. And um, Tara's not super happy about this. Um, tells her to get the fuck out of her room. Um, she needs a little bit of alone time, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I would too if I found out my oh yeah was a, like a stepchild, I guess of the of a serial killer. Yeah, and well, and you find out why you know you two weren't as close as you were originally growing up, and how it has so much to do with how you know your parents broke apart and all that. It, it's a lot. Um, yeah, 
Um, and then we get Richie outside. Basically, he was eavesdropping the whole time and he admits to it. And Sam's like, hey, if you want to go, go. I totally understand. And, um, but no. This is that part. Yeah. But no, he's her ride or die. Um, and, you know, that's cool. That's cool. I, they build Richie up as uh, being an incredibly supportive dude throughout this film. And it works because you believe in Jack Quaid being that person. Um, yeah. I know worked. a lot of people suspected him from like the first get go in the trailers and everything. And I was like, no, nah, I, I don't think it could be him. Yep. But I didn't, um, it, I didn't suspect him until I actually accidentally spoiled the movie for myself before. Oh, no. Well, that's something I've been very careful about because there's been uh, Scream 6 spoilers uh, all over the internet for a couple of weeks now. And, you know, knock yeah. on wood, uh, I've been okay with that, but um, you never know. Same here. I've been really careful about it. I'm like, nope, nope, I don't want to know anything. Mm-hmm. But occasionally, damn you, Twitter and YouTube. Um, yeah. And so this is where Sam thinks it's time to go talk to an expert. And we cut to the next day and Dewey's depressing ass trailer where he Irishes up some coffee and prepares to watch Gail's morning show. Um, and, uh, ashes. Yep. And, uh, it, in this great little, uh, moment where he slops his coffee everywhere when there's a knock at the door. Uh, and it's Sam and she wants to talk and, uh, comes right out with the, I'm Billy Loomis's daughter bomb. Um, and it, it's a blanket and you'll miss it, uh, moment, but Gail on the TV is like, if I ever threaten to get bangs again, somebody stage an intervention, uh, yeah. calling out her haircut from scream three, which is just atrocious. Um, it really is. Yeah. It has more, but I think they're not bad compared to the Gail's bangs. Yeah. They're just, it's not good. And I'm glad that we're all, you know, aware of that. Um, <laughs> so yeah, Dewey, um, immediately asks who Richie is and how long she's known him. And when she's like, what, six months and he's got to be, you know, pretty honest. There are rules to surviving a stab movie. I love the scenes in these movies where they have to establish rules. Um, mm-hmm. Sometimes they're made to be broken, of course, but also, yeah, there are rules here. Um, yeah. It- How do we get two scenes of it though? but I like that we have two very different ways of how it's presented and who is saying them. Yep. Yep. Definitely different takes on things for sure. Uh, rule one, uh, never trust the love interest. Uh, Dewey pushes hard and Richie takes offense is like, do I have to take this from shitty Sam Elliott over here or what? I love that line. Uh, so disrespectful, good. but it's really funny. It is uh rule two. The killer's motive is always connected to uh, something in the past. And rule three, the first victim always has a friend group that the killer is a part of. Um, Sam tries convincing Dewey to help her, uh, but he throws her out instead. Great. Uh, Sam and Richie go to seek out Tara's friends. And then back inside, Dewey is like, freaking out for a minute, then unplugs his phone. It's time to make some calls. Um, and, uh, his first calls to Sid 
and uh, it's revealed that she has kids with Mark. And uh, we get that great line when he asks if she has a gun and she's like, I'm Sydney fucking Prescott. Of course I have a gun. Um, I love that line. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, yeah. It, it totally makes sense. It's, it's a shame that they weren't able to bring uh, what's his butt back as Mark. And you never yeah, know. We might, the, yeah, yeah we, we may get that in future installments, but uh, you, you never know. Uh, so yeah, they hang up and he kind of tiptoes around the fact that he's no longer in the, uh, in the sheriff business. Yeah. But, uh, but it's very clear that there's uh deep love between these two. And, uh, you know, she knows that, uh, even though things did not end well with Gail, uh, that there's obviously the connection there still. And she's like, have you called her yet? And he's like, Hey, she's my number two. And, um, instead he's just too afraid to call her. So he's got a text. It's so sad. It is. I, I love them both. And I, and it's so sad that it ended the way with them both, both in yeah. the movies and in real life. Yeah. And in real life, it's clear that they're still able to have a professional relationship together. I mean, obviously they were able to act together in this film, but they still own a production company together. Um, yeah. So, you know, it, it, obviously things fall apart, but they're clearly still friendly. Otherwise they never would have been unable to make this happen. I don't think. Um, yeah. So yeah, he sends the text warning her to stay away. Um, but also then the, how are you with an emoji smiley face? <laughs> I like, could not have sent that smiley face. <laughs> yep. And then he's, it's very clear what he's about to text something along the lines of, I still love you or I still care, but he stops himself from sending that third text. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, instead he, uh, grabs his gun. And we cut to Sam and Richie arriving at the Meeks Martin house. And uh, they're surprised to find Dewey pulling up right behind them. Um, and he says, that, you know, after you know talking to Sid, he had a bit of a change of heart and he wants to help. And we get the Broken Arrow soundtrack here. You know, Dewey's theme, yeah. uh, the brothers uh, Hans Zimmer thing. Uh, it's great because they didn't use it in the previous couple films, but it, it finally yeah. comes back. Uh, and it's good. It works really well as a theme for him. And then uh, Richie makes a crack about him showering, but still not. He shouldn't be armed. Yeah. Yeah, probably not. Um, yeah. And uh, inside, uh, Martha, um, uh, Randy's sister and Dewey have a fun little exchange. You know, they hug and she's like, you look. And he's like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. You look like shit. We know, we know you're, you're, you're old and obviously are not, you're not in a good way. Um, and then, uh, run deep with them. Oh yeah. Yes. Uh, and then Sam reveals her secret and then Wes eviscerates Dewey, um, you know, about how he's potentially a suspect because, you know, he, uh, was dumped by his famous wife and crawled into a bottle and, you know, he's like, maybe you're the killer because that cut deep. (laughs) I I love that. It's good. It's good. It's (laughs) this, 
<laughs> I appreciate the hell out of this scene. Um, yeah. and, uh, then Amber reveals that she Googled Vince and that he was actually Stu Mocker's nephew. So everyone's connected because of course, Chad and Mindy, they are Randy's nephews. Uh, you've got, uh, Vince who is Stu's nephew. Um, and then Tara, um, who is of course, Sam's sister, Sam is Billy's daughter, you know, everybody's in on this in one way or the other. Um, and then we get Mindy, uh, positing that the killer is making a requel, which is a term I had never heard until this film. You know, it's not quite a remake, but not quite a sequel. It's a little bit of both. Right. Um, it's the Halloween of it all. Yes. Yeah. The, the Halloween 2018. Um, and she goes so far as to suggest that Sam could actually be the killer. And Sam's like, fuck this shit. And she pieces out. And as she tears off in the car, she of course has to talk to her, uh, dead father in the rear view. And oh, you missed the, a really good line from Sam. Are you telling me I'm in the middle of fan freaking fiction right now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and he's like, no, you're the star. But and also all, possibly the killer. <laughs> yep. And they talked about Stab 8 being the the Ryan Johnson movie. Right. That, of right. course, Liv likes because she has no taste. Yes. <laughs> yeah, there's that. Um, and she's too boring to be a psycho killer. Yeah. Yeah. That'll come so mean. Yeah. It's, uh, it's horribly mean, but Mindy, that's kind of who Mindy is. She sizes yeah. everybody up and tells them how it is, uh, super, super easily and without any regret. Um, so yeah, uh, Sam tears off in her car, has that conversation with her dead dad in the rear view. And then we just, Oh, she almost kills herself much like, um, uh, Kirby. Uh, Kirby. Yeah. Same type of thing where she almost runs a stop sign and it might even be the same intersection. Who knows? But uh, very, very well, similar intersection in Woodsboro. <laughs> yes, it is. It is. They need to put a light there or something. Um, but, uh, yeah, we cut to Hicks then, uh, at home calling in a sushi order and, uh, she's about to go pick it up when, uh, she, Here's a door open and finds it standing ajar and then closes it, turns around. And of course there's her son, but of course she's brandishing a knife because of everything that's going on. They have a tense little exchange. Um, and yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> so he goes to shower and we get yep. the reverse psycho. Yes. Yes. Um, so as she's driving off to get the sushi, uh, she gets a call from Ghostface, uh, and we get the whole, what's your favorite scary movie? And she says, I prefer animated films and musicals. Uh, again, a call back to other films when people are bored with the question and they answer with Bambi or, you know, something else. Go like girls. That. Absolutely yes. terrifying. Exactly. Um, and uh, Ghostface taunts her with the idea that by the time he sees her, he'll have already killed her son. And immediately she flips on the lights and sirens and does a Yui and nearly runs a dude over. Um, 
And she got pretty far, apparently, before she uh, got this phone call because it seems to take forever for her to get home. But she yeah. she does her best to keep Ghostface on the phone here. And, um, you know, she pushes back at him asking, you know, how she even knows that uh, or how um, Ghostface even knows what Wes is up to. And then he asks her if she's ever seen Psycho. And we get the shot up into the shower head, just like Psycho then, of course. And um, Wes kind of reacting like he thinks he hears a little bit of something as he finishes up. And that's Judy getting to the house. Um, and when she stops. With the expectations with like him being behind things, which yep. is fun. Oh, and yeah. We this... skipped it earlier, but it's also mentioned that because Wes and Judy are part of the quote unquote shitty sequels, that they're safe from being killed. But here they are about to right. be killed. Right. Hardly shitty sequels. Come on, scream for yeah. Um, But that's. And he's mean again. Yes. Yes, she is. So mean. Cuts. Um, but yes, she uh, pulls up to the curb real quick, turns off the car, and she's still got the flashers going, but the siren cuts out. You would think that he would see the flashing lights from inside, but no. Uh, as she runs up the front walk, Ghostface pops out from the porch and stabs her in the gut. And uh, she falls back and uh, backpedals away from him, but then he stabs her many times in the chest, and there is blood everywhere. In broad daylight. Uh, in broad daylight. This is something you don't see too often in these films. But mm -hmm. uh, yeah, uh, Judy's down for the count. And we cut back to Wes finally getting out of the shower. And we're treated to, like you mentioned, this uh, super fun sequence of jump scare fake outs. Because we're constantly expecting Ghostface to be there. And you get the little swell of audio just before a door is opened or whatever. But nothing. And it's uh, Wes basically going around the house, going into the kitchen, setting the table for dinner. Uh, I love that there's the note on the refrigerator that there's lemon squares in the fridge. Lemon squares that do not taste like ass. Um, depending yeah. on who you ask. Yeah, depending on who you ask, yes. Um, and yeah, all these fun little fake outs. And then finally, 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 uh, he hears a door open. And he goes to check things out and he sees the front door ajar and he calls for his mom and, um, he, he goes to push it closed and lock it instead of looking outside and turns around and there's Ghostface finally behind him. And, uh, Ghostface kind of pins him against the door and just slowly with great effort plunges the knife through his neck. Which was a practical effect that's just so cool. Oh, yeah. I mentioned uh, it in the commentary. Uh, it's so good. It's uh, We see it come out the other side of his neck and everything. Uh, and he's like desperately, before this happens, trying to reach out for the taser or the pepper spray or whatever that his mom constantly forces him to carry because yeah. you know, she's a psycho in her own right. Um, and it's clearly it's not, not helping him here. Yeah, in the original script, he uh, was supposed to be chased throughout the house where he would go to a gun safe to get a gun to arm himself to shoot. Ah, but he was unsuccessful. I guess. Um, 
So yeah, um, he's dead. And uh, then we cut to the exterior with the cops everywhere and they've got things cordoned off and Sam arrives on scene and, you know, she kind of charges the tape and a cop turns her away and she's like, you know, what about her son? And he's like, I'm sorry. So clearly he's dead too. Um, and this is where Gail arrives and she sees her kind of having a hard time and she approaches her and, you know, uh, almost introduces herself. And, and she's like, Sam's like, you're you. And Gail's like, time I, checked. Time I checked. Yeah. Gail's one of my favorites in these movies. <laughs> Absolutely. I love favorites. her so much. Oh, she's so good. Um, and this is where Gail sees Dewey and she kind of sputters about her last name. She, you know, refer, refers to herself as Gail Riley by mistake, just because she's in such shock to see him and she's pissed. And she goes and kind of slaps the shit out of him. And, uh, <laughs> she's like a text, a text. And she's beaten his ass. And, uh, <laughs> And, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's revealed that ultimately he went with her to New York so that she could do her TV gig, but he couldn't hack it there and ended up leaving in the night like a coward. He says, and not uh, for 60 minutes too this time, not for 60 minutes too. It was for her own show. And it's so clear in this moment that they both still care quite a bit for each other. Um, but alas, it just wasn't meant to be right. And yeah, Sam calls Richie who's at the hotel enjoying some pizza and just watching YouTube. And, um, you know, she lets him know the that Kirby's alive. Yeah. Yeah. Really uh, quick in the thumbnails. But yep, see yeah. It's almost blinking. You miss it. Uh, he's, uh, eating some pizza and makes some comments about stab and everything before she butts in to let him know that Judy and Wes are dead. Hey, shout, shout out to Chelsea and James of dead meat too, uh, who are in the, uh, YouTube video. It's a fun little cameo for them. Um, Matthew Lillard is the ghost face in the video as well. Yep. Yep. It's, it's so good. Um, and yes, Kirby is still alive, which is something that we knew because Wes Craven had always said that she survived, but it wasn't really canon until now. So, mm-hmm. yep. Glad she's still kicking. Um, and yeah, uh, this is where she spots, uh, Sam, uh, she, uh, spots the, the officer who was posted outside her sister's room she kind of panics because nobody's watching her, she thinks. And uh, she sprints to her car, hops in. Who hops in after her? But Dewey. He's, after that talk with Gail, he's ready to help, finally. And uh, he's like, what are you doing? Go! And um, they tear off to the hospital. And, um, yeah, uh, we cut to Tara watching Kevin Williamson's classic Dawson's Creek, specifically the episode, the scare, which was, you know, based on all sorts of horror movies and everything. And it's even got uh, scream alum, Scott Foley as a guest star in that particular episode. Um, and Joshua Jackson. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's fucking perfect. Um, yeah love it uh so tara hears some noises from outside her room 
she calls out, calls out a couple of times and no one responds. And she's like, fuck this. And with great pain, uh, gets herself out of her bed and into a wheelchair. And as soon as she gets moving, the lights go out. And she forgets her phone. Yes. I love the lighting in this sequence of just the emergency mm -hmm. lights in the hospital room. Everything's in blue. Like you see around me right now. And, mm -hmm. um, it's, it's so well shot. And yes, um, uh, her phone starts ringing super loudly behind her when she makes it to the doorway. And it's like, it's too late. The phone's gone. Can't go back for it. Um, but, uh, yeah, she starts rolling out into the hallway and it's revealed that it's Sam trying to get a hold of her and Dewey's pretty concerned about her distracted driving here. Uh, but they keep moving and Tara is just painfully making her way down the hall because of course her left hand had been run through by that knife. And we see that yeah. her wound is bleeding all over the wheel as she's trying to move herself forward. Um, Oh, it's such a nice touch. Um, and yeah. Um, let's see. She gets she to the nurse's station. Yeah. Uh, where she finds the police officer bleeding out on the floor and kind of, uh, gasping his last few breaths there. Um, and then we're back to Sam driving like a maniac. Uh, and Dewey's like, you know, we have to live through this to help her. Right. Um, and then back to Tara kind of leaning in to check for the officer's sidearm, which is of course missing that will come back later in the film. Um, and then she hears a door opening in the distance. Well, time to hide. Uh, she finds another room where she wheels herself in and, uh, she grabs the phone. She tries to make a call, but she's terrified and in a ton of pain and you really can't blame her whimpering here. Um, but yeah, when somebody uh, comes through the door, she clocks them in the head with the phone, but it's just Richie. And yep. uh, as he explains why he's there, Ghostface appears behind him and slices him in the arm. And yeah, that's uh, you know fun little callback to Scream 2 almost, right? Um, the Derek and Jill defense, yep. Uh-huh. So ultimately, uh, Ghostface and Richie kind of tussle with each other, and uh, he gets knocked down to the ground, and uh, she throws an IV stand at Ghostface, giving herself a little bit of a window to get out of the room. Um and she kind of painfully uh, starts making her way to the elevator. Uh, she's not doing so hot. She's uh, been through the ringer already, already really. Um, and here's where we get the awesome trailer shot of Ghostface slowly stepping into the hall behind her. Um, yep. I and Richie. It. Yeah, it's so good. Uh, Richie's phone is ringing. It's Sam calling and Ghostface picks it out of his pocket. But before Very answering the phone... Cool turns on the voice modulator. I love that. It's a unit that's like strapped to their neck. Um, yeah. So good. Uh, and you see the light coming through the, uh, costume too. Yeah. Um, it's good. It's good. Uh, Ghostface gives Sam a choice. Basically he'll only kill one of them, Richie or Tara. And, you know, slam Sam's pleading for him to stop. Uh, Ghostface has been, you know, walking behind Tara at this point. He just dumps her out of the wheelchair, but, uh, you know, she's a survivor. She continues to crawl towards the elevator 
And Sam's still on the phone asking him why he's doing this. Ghostface wonders if she's too weak for this franchise. And he's just looming over Tara with the knife. And you hear Sam say back, well, maybe you're right. Or maybe I'm just stalling for time, fuckhead. And with a ding, the elevator door is open and there's Dewey blasting away at Ghostface, chasing him off. Again, horrible shot. Horrible, horrible shot. Great moment, though. Oh, yeah. Super awesome hero moment for Dewey. Um, and uh, Dewey goes for Richie. Tara goes to, uh, well, nope, I reversed that. Uh, Sam goes to help Tara yep. up. Uh, I kept getting their names interchanged as I'm typing up my notes for this. It was a struggle. Um, so as uh, Dewey and Richie limp along uh, the hallway, uh, Ghostface bursts through a window at them. And uh, Ghostface and Dewey fight with the knife coming ever closer. And Dewey's like, not today, and uh, manages to um, uh, fight him off, headbutting Ghostface and firing several shots into his chest, knocking him back into a display case. And we get Richie on the ground at this moment, kind of staring at everything, sort of in shock. Mm -hmm. Or maybe something else. We'll, we'll get to that. Um, yeah. Well, they it's, all pile. Oh, I'm sorry. Go yeah. ahead. Uh, as I was just saying, like, it's another one of those moments that plays two ways. And it really helps with the second viewing that you really. Oh, get you know the, it. The full moment. Yep. Um, they all pile into the elevator and Dewey pauses and he's like the head. You have to shoot them in the head or they always come back. And Sam says something like Dewey who gives a fuck. And as the door closes, we get this. I do from him. Yes. Let's fucking go big damn hero time. Yes. Yes. Um, and we get, Awesome editing here as Dewey walks down the hall, uh, emptying the uh, the casings from his revolver, and he's got his speed loader uh, to pop in a new uh, set. And um, just the back and forth between him doing this and his feet and him crunching on the glass and everything else, it's great. Um, I could not be happier with how all this looks. The lighting continues to be pretty sweet with all that blue up lighting. Um, and he kind of squares himself up with Ghostface, and he's ready to take that shot. But then his phone rings, distracting him. And Ghostface pops up, stabbing him in the gut, then producing another knife and stabbing in the back as well. And we see the phone on the ground, and it's Gale calling, because of course it's Gale calling. It's so sad. Ghostface just kind of lifting up with both blades and uh, slicing through them and basically, basically disemboweling them. Um, yeah. ugh, it's uh, it's brutal, absolutely brutal, and uh, worthy death for Dewey though. Yes. So we get both um, a horrible line and then an awesome line here. So uh, Far too long ago, Dewey was like, not today as he's fighting with Ghostface. And now Ghostface, as uh, he's stabbing him, says, yes, today. And if it had happened in quicker succession, I think it would have been better. Yeah. But because there's been like too many beats and too many uh, bits of dialogue before this, it just doesn't play as well to me. I don't know. Maybe I'm overthinking it. 
but uh, then we get the much, much better line uh, from Ghostface. It's an honor as uh, he drops him to the ground there. Um, yeah. And then you really get there that they're a stab fan. And it was also a really good trailer line that they mixed. Oh, yeah. Differently, which which was really cool. Yep. Um, and then cut to outside with, uh, people being wheeled out of the hospital and Gail arriving in slow motion too late. And she is broken. You've got, uh, Sam and Richie, uh, kind of holding her back and, ah, it's so fucking sad. And, and they just kind of go from that to her just sitting defeated on a couch in the hospital, uh, waiting room with a little sad cup of coffee in front of her. It's just uh it's awful it's heartbreaking <laughs> it is it is um and no matter what draft they did they always decided that dewey was gonna die in this one yeah i mean he's he's it, he's been through enough it's yeah there's only so long he can survive yeah you know his limp goes away his limp comes back there's only so much you can go back and forth with that um it's yeah it's just it's heartbreaking. He's such a fun character and everything. Just a shame, but I, I get why they did it too. Yeah. So yeah. Um, Sam apologizes to her telling, uh, Gail that she didn't know him well, but that he helped her and Gail wishes that she'd stopped him. But Sam knows that her sister would be dead otherwise. And, um, you know, they're, they're saved from their awkwardness by this nurse calling to Sam that her sister's awake again. So she takes off, but Gail gets a new visitor, Sydney fucking Prescott. That's right. Um, and they embrace and, you know, they tell each other that basically they shouldn't be there. And, uh, you know, Gail asks about Mark and the kids and Sid confirms that, you know, she's there to make sure that they're safe. Mm-hmm. which is that is it's cool she she understands her place in this world now um yep yeah and we cut to tara then and sam in uh, uh tara's new hospital room and tara's on some new fun drugs and it shows and they reconcile uh to a large degree and sam realizes just how tara is in that moment where uh, uh tara kind of forgives her and then sam realizes what they need to do they need to get the fuck out of Woodsboro because it's what yeah. nobody ever does in these movies. Um, and then we're back downstairs and Sam, Tara and Richie uh, are trying to leave and Sydney gets up to stop them uh, and talk and see if she can get the uh, Sam to help in stopping Ghostface. And uh, well, Sam doesn't want any part of this. She just wants to peace out. And um, you it, want me to help a mother and a TV talk show host commit murder. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, Gail gets a moment to be Gail, uh, when she hears the way that Sam is brushing off Sid and she's like, you know, you know how they say it always goes up back to the original. This is the original. Um, yeah, yeah. It's uh, you want me to help you and the host of a morning show commit murder. And they're like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> they don't that's even right. like downplay it. There's like, yeah, that's it. That that pretty much sums it up. 
Yep. That's, that's what we're here to do. Uh, Sam wants no part of this and she takes off. Uh, but Sid has a backup plan. She put a tracker on their car. Now, two things. Uh, how did Sid know Sam was Billy's daughter? I mean, I assume that Gail told her, but how did Gail know? Uh, do Sid, Gail and Dewey keep a group text going whenever any of these killings happen? I mean, I, I just, I don't know how they knew. And then second, when did she put the tracker on the car? Was it in the moment before she said it when she was standing next to the car? Because I found it doubtful. She knew what they were driving because she just met them in that scene. Yeah. So I like I, to think that she did it in the moment and she was really sneaky about it. Cause she, yeah, she had her, like her coat over her arm or whatever, and just kind of slipped her hand over and yeah. Yeah. Something like that. As for the Billy thing, I, that's, that's a really good question. I I mean, I figure it's a small town, so. Yeah, I wonder well, and if that's it what was, somebody else says later, too. But yeah. um, I wonder if it's if it was something that cutting happened during their relationship, and it was something Billy tried to use to get back in her good graces by coming clean about it. Maybe. Mm. I don't know if that would work, though, but it, it feels like something that he'd do as a manipulation tactic with her. Yeah. I mean, Sid seemed like a very forgiving girlfriend, but I don't know that she'd be that forgiving. Um, yeah. It's, it's really hard to say, but it, it does kind of, it's kind of, it's something that you kind of have to brush off. So yeah. Like movie logic, it. movie logic. Yep. We'll, we'll hand wave it away. Um, so then, uh, cut to the car and, uh, Tara's freaking out because she can't find her asthma inhaler. And she realizes she's got an extra one at Amber's house, which makes sense. It's your best friend. I guess if, if your asthma is this severe, you're probably going to stash those in the places that you're mostly at. Maybe one in a locker at school, you know, extra one in your bedroom, maybe whatever. We're, we're again, we're going to hand wave this away. Uh, it takes some persuading, but, um, uh, Sam's able to get Richie to stop there on their way out of town. And we cut to Amber's house where she's hosting a massive party to memorialize Wes. Um, and again, this is the super meta bit of them also memorializing Wes Craven um, because he died, what, 2015 uh, yep. from brain cancer. Um, hey. I love the bit with Chad doing a shot, uh, you know, after he gets everybody to, you know, yell back to West and he's like, you beautiful son of a bitch, all, you know, serious and everything. Um, yep. Amber's a little perturbed by him doing shots, but you know, that's how he's mourning. And then Mindy pops in to let everybody know that they're out of beer. Uh, Amber's like, there's some in the basement and she goes to get some. Uh, great little moment where she opens the door and goes to flip the light and it's not working. So she has to use her cell phone to go down the stairs and I, knowing what we know about the location that they're in, this is the old Stumacher house. Wasn't yeah. that the steps down to the garage in the original, like layout of yeah. the home, but yeah, I feel like that the basement. Been. Yeah. It's, I, it's kind of hard to like, think about because like the garage would have made sense but i feel like that would have been too quick of a giveaway for that big moment where they reveal it but obviously if you've seen yeah. it twice then it 
it's incredibly obvious that it's Stu's house. Yeah. Because you can yeah. recognize the way that it's all set up. Mm-hmm. And don't they not have basements in California or something? Yeah, that's not a very common thing to have a basement. Um, yeah. At least as far as I know from movies and TV shows. But, uh, but yeah. Um, that's what I know too, so. Yeah. I don't know. Have to ask some California people about that one, but uh, in the comments, yes, absolutely. Do you have a basement? Um, but yes, turns out Mindy followed her down there and, um, they have a fun exchange accusing each other of being the killer and talking about smart behaviors in this situation. And we pop back upstairs to Chad and live making out on the couch she would like to go upstairs for sex, but he wants to stay downstairs for safety, basically being only 99% sure that she's not the killer. Uh, she takes great offense to this. Um, but it's a smart move on his part that I respect. It, it is. Um, also, I think her response is totally warranted because, wow, it's sort yeah. of a dick comment to make. Um, yeah. So yeah. I, I, I get both sides of this one for sure. Uh, but she storms off and he's like, that's a valid response. And she flips him off and he's like, that's a valid response too. And the great little sibling exchange of Mindy, like good job and big thumbs up. And he gives her an exaggerated thumbs up back and then flips her off, uh, with a little fuck you, Mindy. Um, the Meeks Martin twins are so great. Oh yeah. The awesome chemistry between those two. um, and, uh, yeah. Uh, and then we've got Gil and Sid pursuing Sam and Gail speculate speculates that basically everything is her own fault because of the book she wrote. And so Sid tells her, no, 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 this is all Billy's fault. Again, completely forgetting that her half brother Roman was the one that put Billy up to this in the first place, but no, it's Billy's fault. And, yeah. uh, you know, they're going to go and end this. They, they got a plan. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I get wanting to forget it because scream three is, you know, not the greatest movie in the world, but again, yeah, there, there's, there's some, uh, lore there. Um, it's still canon. So it's kind of, yeah, exactly. But yeah, it's, it's too like, but I feel like because they're like dealing with Billy's kid, I guess that they're like, it's gotta be Billy's fault, I guess. Yeah, tie it in a little bit closer. Sure, why not? Um, Because if you're like, it's Roman's fault, then it's like, if you're a new viewer who hasn't seen any other ones. Yeah, you're like, who the fuck's Roman? Roman. Yeah, exactly. Um, So then cut back to the party where Chad is concerned about Liv not texting back. And meanwhile, Mindy's watching Stab and thinking of getting in the pants of a girl named Frances. This clearly sounds good to Frances, who gives her a knowing glance. And uh, Mindy jokes that Liv is probably dead and Chad's not particularly happy about that. Again, he's just brutally blunt about all this stuff at all times. It's kind of her MO. Uh, He leaves to go find her, but not before Mindy tells him, Hey, I mean, doofus, take a weapon. He grabs a massive candlestick and takes that outside with him. It's a good choice. I think it looks pretty heavy too. Yeah, yeah, it's got some heft to it. Absolutely. Um, 
Chad outside finally gets a text from Liv along with a request to join the GPS tracking app that he was suggesting they both use early on in the film. Um, and we're all screaming, don't do it, bro, at the screen when he accepts. And uh, he calls out to her and looks around and seems to be getting a little bit closer. And then he realizes how stupid all of this is given the situation. Yeah. And then he turns around and immediately takes a stab in the leg from Ghostface, but manages to get away. He and gives one good whack with the candle stand. Yep. But then yep. drops um, it. Yeah. Because of course he does. Um, and he kind of uh, gets away, but of course the stupid tracking app is still running and he's having the worst time in the world with his bloody hands and the touch screen to get things to turn off. He barely gets his phone unlocked to be able to do all this. And, and he eventually, yeah, he just gives up and chucks the phone into the bushes, which is probably a smart move. Um, yeah. And, uh, he must've hit an artery or nicked an artery or something. Cause he's bleeding pretty good from this leg wound. Uh, right. and he tries to limp back to the party, but then Ghostface bursts out of the shed behind him. And, uh, you know, this looks fucking great. I know it's a shot from the trailer, but there's a reason it's in the trailer because it looks yeah. awesome. Ghostface chasing him down. Um, and, uh, yeah, runs him down. Uh, stabs him a few times and Ghostface is scared off by the approaching headlights of Sam and Richie's car. Richie still thinks this is a terrible idea. Um, he just wants to go, but you know, Sam lets him know it's going to take five minutes. And then Tara wants to go in too. And he's like, well, you're not leaving me to get, you know, murdered in the car alone. Uh, so nope. he goes into, and, um, yeah, uh, everyone at the party is super stoked that Tara's there. Uh, but when Amber finds out, uh, she decides to call it quits for reasons. It's kind of a weird, like, thing. Because she's like, all right, everybody out. But it's yeah. like... Is I mean, it for it Tara's safety? Later, everyone yeah. else's safety? Because the people that Ghostface has been trying to kill are now at the party. It's... You know, it's unclear. And then, you know, Sam uh, does this little uh, nod to Richie, like, hey, you got to be the adult here and uh, help out. Yeah. And he kind of turns the lights on and tells everybody to kill the music. And he's got to be dad. I love the hi, Gen Z. How are you? (laughs) And finally, he's just like, okay, I try to be nice. Get the fuck out. Everybody get the fuck out. He's and, like, you know. listen, the, the killer has tried to attack these people already. He's probably going to try again. So either you're here and you're going to be attacked or you can leave now. I'm saving your life. I promise you. Uh-huh. Everybody's throwing their cups at him. And I like that. Thanks, line. Kids. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for leaving the cup. Yeah. <laughs> it's <laughs> Jack Quaid gets some great lines in this movie. Uh, his delivery oh, yeah. is awesome. Um, I, I love the cast in this film. Um, yeah. So we cut to Mindy making out with Francis, uh, but the party's being broken up and clearly by Francis dad. is, yeah, by someone's dad. Uh, Francis's ride is leaving, so she's got to go. Um, and um, yeah, uh, they, yeah, what is it? Mindy's like, you got my number, call me or whatever. So that's cute. Good yeah. for them. Uh, 
they uh let's see here say their goodbyes she just goes back to watching stab because she was having a great time doing that anyways she's a little high a little drunk she's uh and she's got a bag of chips so she's doing okay um earlier chad called it really weird that she was watching their uncle die or get attacked but it was because he's like it helps me yeah yeah it's it's her happy place right um So yeah, enter Richie asking her if there's any beer and she directs him to go get murdered in the basement. They have an awesome back and forth about this. Um, both kind of laughing nervously about the situation and cut to a jump scare of Liv hopping onto the couch, upset that she can't get an Uber home. It canceled on her. Mindy's just concerned because Chad went looking for her and Liv doesn't seem bothered that he's missing and then Mindy not so subtly accuses her of being the killer and Liv decides to ham it up because she's pissed because of that line about how she's too boring to be the killer. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and dating my suspect list. Right. <laughs> Liv is not pleased. Um, so she leaves after doing her best to scare the shit out of Mindy, which I think she actually does a reasonably good job of. And also yeah. takes her chips. Um, yeah. you, know, you don't um, get her these chips. No, no. Plus she needs a, something to snack on while she waits for another Uber, I guess. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, so back to Gail and Sid and they realize what house Sam stopped at. It's the Stumacher house. Sid calls to warn her. And if it wasn't clear from before with all these very familiar looking shots. The camera has to pull back to uh, reveal very familiar architecture. Um, and then back it's to Mindy like on the, oh. and then it like kind of like zooms out, uh-huh. as it like pulls up. I, I really like that shot. Oh yeah. It looks great. Um, and it's very clearly the mocker house. Um, and then back to really Mindy tried. inside. Oh yeah. Yeah. They, they, they had to hammer so hard to home. be like, this isn't his house, but I mean, I, you get it on the rewatch, but they tried really hard to not shoot it like West. Right, that it was clearly that house. Yeah. yeah. Um, but then no they do it and like all of a sudden it's familiar, you know, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and I really like that. Yep. Uh, and then we're back to Mindy on the couch again, little high watching the scene from stab where Ghostface stalks her uncle as he watches Halloween, adding yet another layer of meta on top of this because Ghostface is stalking her. Um, Finally, she starts to take the advice she's shouting at her on-screen uncle and looks around to see Ghostface attacking her. Um, Sam. Oh, yeah. It's so good. Um, Sam hears the commotion and enters the living room to find Mindy um, kind of losing her battle with uh, fending Ghostface off. So Sam picks up a lamp and chucks it at his head. Um, he starts to run away, but then approaches back. She grabs another candlestick because these things usually come in pairs. Let's be fair. And, um, chases him out of the living room. She goes to tend to Mindy's wounds. Mindy realizes she's losing a lot of blood and starts passing out a little bit. And that's where, um, uh, uh, Tara and Amber come back in and Amber's like, what the fuck starting to accuse Sam of attacking Mindy because she sees them on the ground and, you know, covered with blood and everything. And then Richie pops into the room, dropping a beer, uh, like, Oh my God, what's going on? And, um, yeah, 
Yeah. Um, when they ask where he was, he says he went to the basement for beer and Amber questions why he would go down there alone. And then yet another jump scare of Liv popping into the room. Um, and Amber's like, on her hand. yeah, Amber's like, where the hell are you? Why do you have blood on your hand? She's like, I just found Chad outside. And Amber's like, one of you is the killer because I was with uh, Tara all this time. And uh, Amber, you know, pushes pretty hard at Liv being the killer, given the situation. Liv pushes back even harder that it wasn't her. And Amber just says, I know, and pulls out the cop uh, from the hospital's uh, revolver and puts one between Amber's eyes. I thought it was Dewey's revolver. It could be either one, but yeah, yeah I suppose. Um, I, I think there's multiple guns that they procured from people over the course of this film. Um, yeah. Like three of them, probably at yeah. least. But uh, yeah, yeah, she, uh, she went to get beer when he's supposed to be the driver. Yeah, I thought about that too. But yeah, I, it's weird. Still there? Yeah, it's weird. Um, okay. But uh, yeah, uh, she pops uh, live between the eyes and then says, Welcome to Act Three. Uh, managing to fire off a couple of rounds, but Tara's kind of fighting her off, uh, giving Sam uh, and Richie a chance to get out of the room. Sam grabs a knife in the kitchen, but he tries to, you know, kind of funnel her down to the basement. She wants to go back up and help Tara, but he warns her that there are always two killers. And this is where she starts to back away from him. Uh, and he starts accusing Tara of being the other killer because, um, you know, she was basically the reason that brought them back to Woodsboro and, mm -hmm. you know, she's been estranged from Sam for years. All of this logic sounds incredibly shaky. Uh, then he just has to say, how well do you know her? Better yeah. than you. And then she yep. leaves him in the basement. Yep. So good. Yep. Good for her. And this is where, uh, Sid and Gail make it to the mocker house with guns. Um, yeah. cause yeah, yeah. Um, Sid had that all prepped. So she, uh, gets one for her, gives one to Gail and they hear, you know, a scream from inside. They're like, that sounds familiar. And Sid's like, you ready? And Gail's like for this never. Um, Amber comes running out the front door, screaming that she's been sabbed. Um, Sid and Gail kind of glance at each other and they're like trap. Yeah. Trap. Uh, Amber says, fuck it. And she shoots Gail in the gut. Sid gets a few shots off at her chasing her back inside. Um, and Sid's like, Gail, you gotta go to the hospital. We gotta go. But Gail says, no, we need to finish this for, for doing do yeah. Um, so Sid enters the house and we get, you know, the camera pulling back from her as she realizes, you know, or, you know, just has the memories come flooding back to her, I guess, of where she is and what's going on. And, um, you know, she, uh, yells out anyone hiding killer or not. You have five seconds to show yourself. And she starts shooting through closet doors. Firstly, the one that she and her father hid in, in the original film, um, as nice little touch there. Um, and she keeps moving. Um, and upstairs we get Sam finding Tara tied up in a closet and there's this 
fun little bit where she's about to untie her, but pauses for a little bit. I don't know if they're trying to make us think that uh, she's actually considering what Richie had to say, or if they're hinting that Sam could be a killer after all. It, it's misdirection one way or the other. Yeah. It's um, it's it's a little weird. I, I'm not sure I like how it plays, but uh, just a little. But, yeah, uh, we cut back to downstairs where Sid gets a call from Ghostface and the killer lets her know that uh, he's not Amber. He's the other one. Oh, uh, so there are two of you. Uh-huh. I've seen this one before. Exactly. She's seen this movie before, but the killer corrects her. Not this movie. She's bored. So she hangs up on him and finishes firing <laughs> through a few more doors. Um and Ghostface really tries to get her to stop. He's like, no, 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 wait. She's like, nope. Yep, yep. And she ends up hitting Richie behind that final door. And, uh, you know, she's like, why didn't you come out? He's like, because you're shooting at everything. <laughs> it's good. It's it, good. It's fair, but it's still like, she told you. Yep, absolutely. Um, so... <laughs> Uh, as soon as, uh, they have this little exchange wrap up, Ghostface bursts out of a door behind her and, uh, in the struggle, they both flip over the banister, uh, onto the floor below, uh, Sid calls for Richie to grab the gun and he's struggling down the stairs and he's like, yeah, that'd be great. Except it hurts like hell because you shot me or something like that. Um, it's, yeah, it kind of looks like it grazed him, but he still got shot. You know, yeah, he limps pretty much for the rest of this film. So he, he probably got hit worse than that. Um, yeah. So uh, Sam gets the gun instead and he sidles up to her and ultimately stabs her in the side saying, uh, thank God you're okay. Because I really, really wanted to be the one to kill you. And, and we get the longest reveal between two ghost faces. Yep. He takes the gun from her and yells at Sid to grab some floor because she tries to dart away uh, and then twists the knife in Sam's side just a little, making her squirm and then hands the gun off to Amber, who's taken the mask off because what's the point anymore? Um, And then Richie holds up the missing inhaler to Sam. Um, He can't believe it worked that this got her to come back to that house. Uh, and he, he calls also, out the voice changer. And then he acknowledges that, yeah, it's a bummer that it was him. Um, it and, really was. Yeah, it, it was. It was. I liked uh, Sam and Richie together. They were a fun couple. Um, but then it turns out that Richie and Amber want to inspire a new stab film. Time to move everybody to the kitchen because the shit always ends up in the kitchen in the, uh, well, at least in the first film. Um, and, uh, yeah, they're going to save the franchise. Um, that's, that's their plan here. He sends Amber after Gail. Um, Richie admits to Sydney that he's a really big fan. Um, he, he starts losing it a little bit throughout the rest of the movie. He's, he's had this great mask on for the entire run of this film until this point where he's finally getting what he wants and he gets to be himself. And, and yeah, he's so he's, unhinged. It's pretty oh, great. Yeah. He, he's just another fucking psycho. And, um, yeah, uh, he's upset with the direction that Hollywood's taking with these films, but he and Amber, 
they're going to give them news source material because that's what they need. They need this to be based on actual events. Uh, because and, how can to- fandom be toxic if it's out of love? And yeah, it's clear it's, that they're really trying to lean into the Star Wars, you know, because that's really, I think that's really what it was all inspired by, which is the fair thing, I think, because a lot of people yeah. really didn't like the sequel trilogy. So, yeah. And, you know, some people were super gun ho about um, Last Jedi, others not so much. Some people think Rogue One is the most boring film ever. Some people find it like, you know, either the best or second best Star Wars film ever made. Um, Fandom can be super toxic. Um, I mean, look what happened to uh, uh, Kelly Marie Tran. Um, You know, she had to leave social media because of how bullied she was for her character in uh, the second, uh, uh, in in The Last Jedi. so yeah, I, I I love the little commentary about uh, fandom being toxic and so on, um, and then Amber walks back in with Gail and tells her to sit down. Um, so the the plan is unraveled because of course you you got a monologue about your plan um, as the villain, right? Um, yeah, the plans to frame Sam as the villain. She's not the hero. Uh, Amber was able to discover that Billy was Sam's father because it's a small town and Sam's mother's a drunk. Uh, she starts to get pretty unhinged at this point too. Uh, again, they're just geeking out that they're able to get yeah. their way. Aren't they? Um, Amber yeah, and Richie. Really yeah. Um, Amber and Richie, they met on a stab subreddit. Uh, her being obsessed ever since her parents bought the house and she found out whose house it was. Uh, Richie found Sam, uh, pretty easily in Modesto and wormed his way into her life. He's kind of gross about it here. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, they brought back the legacy players and killed off Dewey because they needed to show that their sequel had stakes. Um, I think at this point, Sid tries to lunge for a weapon, but Amber stabs her in the gut um, basically the plan is they're going to kill everyone because it, at least the fans will win. That's kind of fucked up. Um, yeah. and they need to grab Tara because it's time to start staging the bodies. Um, you know, like you do when you're the killer in one of these films. Uh, I still think, uh, Jill's staging of everything and scream four is like top tier as far as that stuff is concerned. But, yeah. uh, but yeah, uh, I, I appreciate that they all have a plan here. Um, and they don't so, really fall apart within each other. No, no. Killers, um, which I think is a really good direction for the two. Yeah, absolutely. This, this is absolutely evolution from all the other movies because in every single other film, there's like a primary killer and then the Patsy killer. Um, yep. so yeah. Um, even if it ends up on the cutting room floor as in scream three, um, So yeah, they, they need to grab Tara. Uh, he laughs that Dewey had it right off the bat. Uh, look at the love interest and, you know, he's basically calling Sam stupid because he, he, you know, thinks he almost had her convinced that it was her own sister. And then we get Tara calling down from upstairs that, or not Tara, uh, Amber calling from upstairs that Tara isn't there. And Sam admits that she untied Tara. 
and then the phone rings, causing Richie to jump like crazy. That's for you. Yeah, that's for you. Uh, Amber tries to say that she can't find her and then takes a crutch in the face because Tara for the win. Um, Tara starts just beating her ass with this crutch and good for her. This was her best fucking friend. Um, Yeah. Appreciate it. Uh, Sam takes the moment to fight Richie, biting him to get away. Uh, I think she even bites him in the arm where he got slashed at the hospital. So, you know, good for her. She knows what she's Uh doing. Um, Amber kicks Tara off and starts throwing her around the living room. And back in the kitchen, Sid and Gail overpower Amber and smash a bottle of hand sanitizer in her face. Um, Amber tries to plead innocent, saying it's not her fault, that she was radicalized. She just wanted to be a part of something. Gail says, uh, you wanted to be part of something? You killed killed my best best friend. friend. And you feel it. You know she means it. And, and then uh, Amber's comes out, and then she drops the mask again, and he died yep. like a bitch, and feels like enough of this, mm-hmm, and sets fight. her on fire. Well, is, not quite yet. Uh, no, not yet. Amber, I'm sorry. Amber uh, gets the upper hand by jabbing at Gail's wound. I love when they do this in these films. Uh, mm-hmm. And she kind of throws Sid back against the countertop, knocking her down a little bit. Uh, cut to Richie uh, stalking after Sam. He's following a bud- blood trail up the stairs. Um, and then back to Amber trying to choke Gail out, telling her that she was the last thing that Dewey saw before he died. And she's excited about the prospect of being able to kill them both. Um, and how, you know, it's time for her to pass the torch. Uh, I love Gail. It's all yours, bitch. She kicks her off. And when Amber hits the range, she accidentally turns on one of the burners. Uh, Sid then offers Gail the gun. Um, Tells her, uh, you know, this one's all hers. Uh, And Amber goes back to pleading for her life, uh, saying she's sorry about Dewey. And Gail just responds with a fuck you, shooting her three times. And when uh, Amber drops, she falls against the open flame on the range, lighting up the hand sanitizer. And this is like a scene from Ready or Not at this point. Um, It's a really funny, like, I mean, it's not funny that someone is lit on fire, but it's funny that no. it's Mikey Madison who got set on fire because she was also set on fire and killed in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood just a couple of years earlier. That's true. Yes. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> nice nod. Um, yeah. Uh, and I, th- I think it's Sid that says at this point, enjoy that torch. Yep. Um, I, I wonder, did they like grab a fire extinguisher or something just to make sure the whole house didn't go up? Um, because they don't really show, um, Amber, uh, getting put out or anything. Eh, regardless, we're back to Richie following the blood trail, uh, to a door, uh, on the, uh, upstairs landing. And, uh, Sam comes bursting out of a different room, slamming into him, uh, into the banister, uh, kind of forcing him to drop the knife and she leaps onto his back and he's trying to shake her off yelling, stop fucking up my ending. Um, it's good. 
He uh, uh, tackles her uh, down the stairs and regains control of the gun, uh, asking her what she's going to do now. And she's kind of crawling away from him as he just blathers on. Just waxing poetic. And uh, she catches her father's image in the mirror. And he kind of nods towards this knife that slid under the window treatments. And one of the last things that Richie says is the villain dies in the end. Those are the rules. She turns over and says, I'm introducing a new rule. Never fuck with the daughter of a serial killer. And she reaches up and stabs him through the face. I'm talking cheek through cheek. It's so brutal. Oh, it's so so good. And then she proceeds to get up and stab him 21 more times Yep. before pausing. And he's like, wait, what about my ending? And she leans in as if for a kiss. And before I move on, I got to say that all these stabs are so damned brutal there is blood flying everywhere and he's trying to defend himself and he's just whimpering but she is not having it she is done with this little bitch um so wait what about my ending she leans in as if for a kiss and says here it comes comes. and slits his throat (sighs) and then Cleans the blood off the blade, just like Ghostface always Which does. Isn't exactly. I wouldn't recommend doing that. You could cut yourself. Yeah, because she's uh, doing it with her bare hand instead of the gloved hand that he always uses. But hey, I think she's just she's you know in her feelings in with moment. this one. Yep. Um. So she stands up, and Sid and Gail come out of the kitchen and step up behind her, and Sam drops the knife. Sid, careful. They always come back. Sam just grabs the gun from Gail, puts two in Richie's chest and one in his head. And that headshot was just graphic. Mm-hmm. Uh, the way that blood splatters and Gail just says, okay, then. <laughs> and then a burnt to a crisp Amber comes screaming out of the kitchen at them with a knife. And it's like the side of her head's like almost melted off. Um, and, she gets her head blown off by Tara who just says, I still prefer the Babadook. And everyone else is like, what? <laughs> I, that's what I would yeah. have done. Yeah. Cause they weren't there for that. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> she probably uh, was like, you had to be there. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Yeah. Don't worry about that. Uh, <laughs> Sam and Tara kind of limp towards each other and embrace. And then we cut to outside with the cops doing cop shit. And, um, you know, it's still alive. Mindy and Chad are being carted off into separate ambulances and they give each other their little sibling thumbs up. It's very sweet. Um, and, uh, uh, Sam goes to check on Tara. Um, and Tara's asking one of the cops or EMTs rather, if uh, they can go to a different hospital this time, which is kind of funny. There's probably the only one in the area, but you know, whatever. Um, but, uh, Sam's like, give me a minute. I want to go, you know, talk to Sid and Gail, uh, who are just kind of sitting there in shock on the back of their own ambulance. Um, they're, they're about to be carted off themselves, but, uh, they're, they're, stable for now um so she walks up and thanks them for everything and then asks if they're okay um so it's like they'll survive they always do um 
And then, you know, Sam tells her that she was right about not running, which Sid apologizes for. That's kind of funny. Um, and then Sam asks Gail how she's doing. Gail's like, ask me again in a few days. Uh, and she's got such a sad look on her face. It's mm-hmm. again, really heartbreaking. Um, and at least now she knows what she's going to write about. Not this. Those fuckers can die in anonymity. Maybe something about a good man who used to be a sheriff here once. It's yeah. And Sid's like, she'd like to read that story. It's all very touching. I, I, yeah. I love the delivery of it. Um, and then Sam just has one more question. I, I feel like this is like ending after ending after ending. Let's end this, but still it's good yeah. stuff. Um, she's like, is she going to be okay? So tells her eventually. And, uh, Sam heads back to Tara, um, seeing the image of her father one last time in one of the police cruisers windows. And he kind of gives her an approving nod. Um, something we didn't mention the, the images of Billy that she always sees are like the bloody white t-shirt version of Billy from the end of the original scream and the de-aging on, um, Skeet Ulrich looks great. Yeah. He looks really good on all of his like ghostiness. Yeah. Yeah. And then I think it's, uh, to their advantage that he's like always in a reflection or something like that. So he doesn't have to look absolutely perfect, but, uh, still the, the effect is good. Um, so she gets that approving nod and, uh, she tells Tara that she's not going anywhere without her. She's going to hold her hand all the way there. Um, shift back to the police activity and a reporter basically parroting Gail from the uh, first film. And then we get a, you know, fade to black and a for Wes, uh, to honor the legacy of Wes Craven and then a uh, mm-hmm. ghost face stinger, which I, I kind of missed from the previous film. They didn't have one of those. Um, and then we get credits and fall out of love from Salem, uh, which is a fucking bop. And yeah, in the images of the cast and everything, which is always fun. I appreciate that they continue to do that because it's old school and I love it. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it's uh, that's uh, Scream Five, Scream, Scream Twenty Twenty Two, Scream, whatever you want to call it. That's Five Cream. Yep, yep, Five Cream. Um, <laughs> this this movie rules. I, I I have so much fun with this one. Um, I and it's it's fun watching all of these in succession and getting geared up for Scream Six. Um, Mm -hmm. you had something you would like to discuss here at the end. Um, yeah, there's a few things I did want to bring up, but like, by all means. So first, I guess would be like the, I guess something that really sours the feelings about this movie is that it's not the stream five that we were originally going to get that got canceled because Scream 4 didn't do well, which really sucks. But like, yeah, this was but Scream 5 was originally going to be following the original ending of Scream 4, but Jill did get away with it. And then 5 was going to follow her to college where Sydney was a professor and had forgotten that Jill was the killer that attacked her. And so hmm. then it was going to be another ghost face. So it was going to be killer versus killer on a college campus, which I thought, I think sounds really cool. I like the it concept. Uh, yeah. I just 
I would love to know how they hand wave away Sid not, uh, you know, knowing how things played out at the end of that film. You know, well, Dewey she does been knocked out remember. or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Dewey does mention that she could just not remember what happened, which I think was the original thing. And then eventually they shifted it to the rewrite it ending. But yeah. Hmm. And then, um, so yeah, I think that would have been really cool. But if we got that and that from Wes before he passed and then we got this, I would have been happy with that too. Damn. You know? But yeah, there was that. And then I also wanted to bring up something that my friend and I were talking about before what earlier this week was how we would twist the two killer formula that Scream likes to follow. Mm. I was just curious what your thoughts would be on how to do that. Yeah. Um I think something similar to what you brought up with the abandoned Scream Five, if they were separate killers that, you know, kind of a spy versus spy type thing. I could absolutely mm-hmm. see that working out well. Um, I mean, I'd, I'd love to see that film. Um, I think uh, having it played off as there are two killers, but ultimately, no, there really aren't. It's only one. You okay. could, you know, go that extra little step and have a third killer, maybe. Um, yeah, that would be fun. Because that was the original Scream 3 was Derek, Hallie, and then also Mrs. Loomis. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Could see that. Um, yeah. I, I'm very curious to see what happens in Scream 6. Um, mm-hmm. By all accounts, this looks super brutal. I love that they're supposed to have tweet, uh, kind of ramped up the camp a little bit. Because um, mm-hmm. I, I think that can be fun in these types of films. Um, and I hope it kind of solidifies. Um, radio silences take on these movies by, mm-hmm. you know, just kind of continuing some of their vision, helping to maybe make this particular film scream 2022. Um, just, I don't know, just a, a little bit more solid by, you know, everything continuing mm-hmm. on in this, you know, arc. Um, again, Really hope they're able to continue on and possibly get Nev back again. Um, and if they kill Gail in this one, I riot. Um, yeah, but it, it's so possible. It, <laughs> it's it's a hard thing to think about, like how they yeah. could. I mean, if they continue without Sydney, she gets her happy ending. But I mean, it, it all started yeah. with her, so it's kind of. It's really hard to say which way it should or would want or you would how you would want it to go pretty much. Yeah, I I just hope it's a good entertaining story. It's got some good spoops and uh ultimately I get some good laughs out of it as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um and you know, hopefully we get some, you know, continuation of uh good end credit music. Because, uh, like we were talking about offline, uh, Scream 4 starts with a pretty good uh, song when they shift to the credits. And I like this one quite a bit, uh, Fall Out of Love. Uh, I think I prefer the uh, original version from Salem uh, and not the duet version, even though that's good. It's just, uh, I think it goes a little bit harder in the original. But uh, it's fun stuff. Yeah. 
got to have some red right hand. I hope they work that in somehow in this new one. Uh, we shall see. It's it's nearly upon us. And uh, like I mentioned, I, I've got, uh, unbeknownst to me, but knownst to the theater when I booked the ticket, um, I, I have a 3D showing that I'm going to. So we'll see how that plays out. Um, I can't remember the last 3D horror film that I saw. So yeah, we'll see. this would be my first 3D horror movie if I choose to go to 3D. So I'm curious how that would go because, you know, those can easily just be cheesy, cheesy. Oh, yeah. yeah. If it's just all, uh, you know, done in post and nothing was shot with the intention of it being 3D, then you're right. Absolutely cheesy as hell. But, uh, you know, if some stuff was intentional, then it can be fun. So, yeah, we'll see. It's uh, just a scant few days away. Um, I am hyped beyond belief, even though I look like I'm very tired. It's been a long day. Um, Same. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, Drew, any final thoughts on uh, Scream 2022? Uh, talking about it makes me happier with it. I mean, when I last watched it the other day, I was like, maybe I don't like this one very much. But I think talking through it makes it more enjoyable. It's like, I love all the movies. You know, I don't think there's a truly bad one among them. There's just so mild lessers. So it's all kind of up to taste, really. But yeah, I really enjoy all of them. So it's it's a good time. Yeah, it's been a great franchise. Um, well, if you'd like, Drew, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on the Twitters and Instagram at 2 fights 2 furious I believe that's also my letterboxd if you want to follow me there. Um, I've been trying to be really good about logging all the movies I see. Um, and you can see my screen ranking there if you'd be so inclined as well. Nice. Nice. I've been trying to be better this year about using actually using letterboxd as well. Um, I, I think, uh, if I can keep up with it by year's end, I'll, uh, yeah, it'll all be worth it. Uh, just from the perspective of being able to remember what you thought about stuff without having to rewatch it. But, uh, yeah, yeah man. Uh, well, this has been Murders with Mertens, a horror film podcast. Thank you for letting us tickle your ear holes. Please like, share, and subscribe if you are so inclined. I'll be back soon enough with another episode. But until next time, stay spoopy, everyone.